0: greetings and welcome to today's bible college let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence followed by the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you everyone again for coming in today, the 2nd of July. Today's reading is by Kenneth Copeland. Be unreasonably committed. Unreasonably committed. Proverbs 4, 7, and 9 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou embrace her. She shall give to thy head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall deliver to thee. Proverbs 4 7 and 9. If you really want to get wisdom of God, you have to do more than casually read the scriptures a few minutes a day. You'll have to feed on them night and day. You'll have to get rid of the rubbish you've been feeding in your consciousness by reprogramming your mind with the Word of God. Oh, Brother Copeland, you may say, that's unreasonable. Yes, it is, but consider this. A music major in college practices for hours every day. An Olympic skater spends six to eight hours a day training for their routines. They do it because they're unreasonably committed to their goals. The same is true for us. If we're going to achieve that kind of spiritual excellence we're hungry for, we're going to have to be unreasonably committed to the Word of God. That may well mean that we'll have to carry a media player around with us everywhere we go. It will mean that we have to put the razor in one hand and the media player in the other hand. Or... The phone in one hand and a fork in the other. Do whatever it takes to totally saturate yourself with the word of God. I would speak to you no differently if I were your commanding officer about to send you into combat against the best trained elite troops of a savage enemy. You are God's frontline assault force. You have an enemy who is doing his dead level best to destroy you. In this crucial all out no holes bar offense, Satan will dispatch hell's choicest personnel to bring you down. If you're going to make it through in victory, you're going to have to put yourself in training, be unreasonably committed yet wisdom on Fernando. You know, uh, in the beginning, someone told me I was not going to make it unless I read six hours a day. And that's physically being, carrying the Word of God with you, carrying articles with you, munching on them when you can, munching on them while lunch and eating an apple, and being on the beam, being on the love force. You go to sleep in love with the Word of God. You wake up. The Word of God wakes you up. Amen and amen to that. Let's go ahead and do the reading for Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 to 33. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone just for the fun. Let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death. Think of the great things we'll get. Fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw in your lot with us. We'll all share the loot. My child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their path. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get someone or themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in public squares. She calls to the crowds along the main street for those gathered in front of the city gates. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and choose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention. When I corrected them, therefore they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. Choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace. Untroubled by fear of harm. Wonderful, beautiful. Let's go ahead and read it again in a few other translations. Let's try the uh, Amplified Bible, the classic edition. It says, The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge. Its starting point and its essence But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction, and discipline. My child, hear the instruction of your father. Reject not, nor forsake the teaching of your mother. For they are a victor's chaplet, garland of grace upon your head, and chains and pendants of gold worn by kings for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, Come with us, let us lie in wait. To shed blood, let us ambush the innocent without cause and show that his piety is in vain. Let us swallow them up alive, as does shallow the place of the dead, and whole as those who go down into pit of the dead. We shall find and take all kinds of precious good when our victims are put out of the way. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us, they insist, and be a sworn brother and comrade Let us have one person common. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Restrain your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make hasty shed blood. For in vain is the net spread in the sight of any bird. But when these men set a trap for others, they are lying in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy of gain, such Greed for plunder takes away the lives of its possessors. Wisdom cries out loud in the street. She raises her voice in the market. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places at the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing and self-confidence fools hate knowledge. If you will turn, repent, and give heed to my reproof, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my Spirit upon you. I will make my word known to you. Because I have called you, you have refused to answer. You have stretched out my hand, and no man has heeded it. And you treat it as nothing, and you treat it as nothing on my counsel, and would accept none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity, I will mock when the thing comes that shall cause you terror and panic. When your panic comes as a storm and desolation and your calamity comes on as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then you will call upon me wisdom, but I will not answer. They will seek me early and diligent, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the reverent and worship, O fear of the Lord, would accept none of my counsel and despite all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be saturated with their own devices. For the backsliding of the simple shall slay them, and the careless ease of self-confidence fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens to me wisdom, shall dwell securely in confident trust, and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. Beautiful, wonderful words of life. That was the Amplified Classic Edition. Let's go ahead and read it in a couple of more translations. Let's go ahead now and go to the Passion Translation. And then after that, I'm going to read it in the... uh, in one more translation after that here we go the passion translation starting with verse seven we cross the threshold, the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to god stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge pay close attention my child to your father's wise words and never forget your mother's instructions. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say, No! When the gang says, We're going to steal and kill and get away with it, we'll take down the rich and rob them. We'll swallow them up alive and take what we want from whomever we want. Then we'll take their treasures and fill our homes with loot. So come on and join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide up all we get. We'll each end up with a big bags of cash. My son refused to go with them and stay far away from them. For crime is their way of life and bloodshed their specialty. To be aware of their snare is the best way of escape. They'll resort to murder to steal their victim's assets. But eventually it will be their own lives that are ambushed. In their ungodly disrespect for God, they bring destruction on their own lives. Wisdom praises are sung in the streets and celebrated far and wide. Yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning. But in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, its lyrics can always be heard above the dim of the crowd. You will hear wisdom's warning as the preachers courageously to those who stop to listen. You will hear wisdom's warning as she preaches courageously to those who will stop to listen. Foolish ones, how much longer will you cling to your deception How much longer will you mock wisdom, you cynical scorners who fight the facts? Come back to your senses and be restored to reality. Don't even think about refusing my rebuke. Don't you know that I'm ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you and bring to you the revelation of my words that will make your heart wise. I call to you over and over, still you refuse to come to me. I pleaded with you again and again. Yet you turn a deaf ear to my voice. Because you have laughed at my counsel and have insisted on continuing your own stubbornness, I will laugh when your calamity comes and will turn away from you at the time of your disaster. Make a joke of my advice, with you? Then I'll make a joke out of you. When the storm clouds of terror gather over you, your head, when dread and distress consume you, and your catastrophe comes like a hurricane, you will cry out to me, but I won't answer. Then it will be too late to expect my help. When desperation drives you to search for me, I will be nowhere to be found, because you have turned up your noses at me and closed your eyes to the fact and refused to worship me in awe. Because you scoffed at my wise counsel and laughed at my correction, now you will eat the bitter fruit of your own ways. You made your own bed, now lie in it. So, how do you like that? Like an idiot, you turned away from me and chosen destruction instead. Your self-satisfied smugness will kill you. But the one who will always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace. Free from fear, confident and courageous, the one will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. Amen and amen. All right, now, I apologize if this is taking too long. I'm going to head and reef for us. Now for the message translation, and that'll be the last one. Thank you so much for coming on here today. We're, uh, we're really getting into the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 7 to 33. Verse 7, start with God. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Pay close attention, friend, to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learn at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel like a winning crown, like rings on your fingers. Dear friends, if bad companions tempt you, Don't go along with them. If they say, let's go out and raise some hell, let's beat up some old man, mug some old woman, let's pick them clean and get them ready for their funerals. We'll load up on top quality loot. We'll haul it home by the truckload. Join us for the time of your life. With us, it's share and share alike. Oh, dear friend, don't give them a second look. Don't listen to them for a minute. They're racing to a very bad end, hurrying to ruin everything they lay hands on. Nobody robs a bank with everyone watching. Yet, that's what these people are doing. They're doing themselves in. When you grab all you can get, that's what happens. The more you get, the less you are. Lady Wisdom goes out in the streets and shouts at the town center. She makes her speech in the middle of the traffic. She takes her stand at the busiest corner. She calls out. Hey, simpletons, how long will you wallow in ignorance? Hey, cynics, how long will you feed your cynicism? Hey, idiots, how long will you refuse to learn? Above face... I can revise your life, really. Look, I'm ready to pour out my spirit on you. I'm ready to tell you all I know. As it is, I call, but you turn a deaf ear. I reached out to you, but you ignored me. Since you laughed at my counsel, how can I take you seriously? I'll turn the tables and jokes about your troubles. What if the roof falls in? And your whole life goes to pieces. What if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? You'll need me then. You'll call for me, but don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me. Because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God. Because you wouldn't take my advice and brush aside all my offers to train you. Well, you made your bed, now lie on it. You want it your own way. Now, how do you like it? Don't you see what happens, you simpletons, you idiots? Carelessness kills, complacency is murder. First, pay attention to me and then relax. Now you can take it easy. You're in good hands. Praise God, praise God for the many translations we have. Give it a different twist so it will go deep into our hearts and our consciousness. May we listen to this over and over again and understand what our true calling is to get our hours in, in reading and worshiping and praising God and have the benefits, the rewards of confidence, peace, joy, laughter, and living life in the fullest. When I'm well-read in the Word of God, I live well and I deal well with people. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for making it in this matter that we got to open the Bible and reprogram ourselves. Thank you, Lord God, that we can and we are and we're doing it and you're showing yourself faithful on our behalf. Thank you for the rewards. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for helping us move forward. And help us to convert people, Lord God, to your kingdom, to you, Jesus, and to your word. We praise it and we thank you and we exalt it. Amen. Let's go ahead and move to July the 3rd reading. Hang on there. Hang tough with me, please. Today's reading by Kenny Copeland called God's Discipline. Hebrews 12, 6 and 7 says, for whom the Lord loves he chasteneth, and scourged every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons, for what son is he who the Father chasteth not? Let's go ahead and read it in a couple of more translations, please. The Passion Translation of Hebrews chapter twelve verses six and seven. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of His faithful love. And when He draws you to Himself, it proves you are His delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For He is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? And now for the teaching. Kenny Copeland says, there's a terrible misunderstanding among believers today about God's method of disciplining his children. They'll point to some kind of disaster, a tornado or a car accident, and say, I guess God sent back catastrophe to teach us something. No, he didn't. A loving God doesn't send death and destruction on his children to instruct them. He doesn't unleash his bad dog to bite us on the leg so we'll learn to wear our boots. No, he's a father. He does, how does then, he us his own? How does he discipline us? With his word, with his word. Second Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, Every scripture of God breathed given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction. Every scripture is God breath profitable for instruction for reproof and conviction of sin for correction of error and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness in holy living in conformity to God's will in thought purpose and actions so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Amplified Bible. If you look in Second Corinthians 7, you'll see an example of this. There, the Apostle Paul talks about a situation in the Corinth church that needed correction. That church had gotten out of line and had to be disciplined. How did Paul do it? Not by asking God to send an earthquake to shake them up. He did it by writing them a letter. He wrote them a word of reproof that hurt so badly they would have preferred being beaten with a stick. It cut deep in their spirits and brought them to repentance. Our Heavenly Father loves us, and because He does, He will chasten us. But He'll do it with spiritual, not fleshly tools. With spiritual tools, he'll use the spirit empowered in his word to chasten unbelief and purify our spirits in such a way that we'll come out strong, not weak, and condemned. So let us quit bowing down to disasters and start subjecting ourselves instead to the word of God. Let us yield to the word. Let let it correct us and trim away the flesh and the lust that leads us astray. Remember, the sword of the spirit is two-edged. One side is for Satan and beat him on the head, and the other side is for you. Let God use it to keep you in line. Giving thanks to God to trials and tribulations keeps us close to God and in love. Let's go ahead and read 2 Corinthians chapter 7 in this full content. Mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians, there it is. Chapters 7. The whole enchilada. Here we go. Beloved ones... With promises like these, and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit and continue to complete the development of holiness within us. Again, I urge you, make room for us in your hearts, for we have wronged no one, corrupted no one, and taken advantage of no one. I'm not saying that this is to condemn you, For I already told you that we carry you permanently in our hearts and you'll stay there throughout our lives. For we will live together and die together with an open heart. Let me freely say how very proud I am of you and how often I boast about you. In fact, when I think of you, my heart is greatly encouraged and overwhelmed with joy despite our many troubles. Even after we came into the providence of Macedonia, we found no relief. We were restless and exhausted. Troubles met us at every turn. Outwardly, I faced conflicts and inwardly emotional turmoil. But God, who always knows how to encourage the depressed, encouraged us greatly by the arrival of Titus. We were relieved not only to see him, but because of the report he brought us of how you refresh his heart. He told us of your affection toward me, your deep remorse, and how concerned you were for me. This truly made my heart leap for joy. Even if my letter made you sorrowful, I don't regret sending it, even though I felt awful for a moment when I heard how It grieved you. Now I'm overjoyed, not because I made you sad, but because your grief led you to a deep repentance. You experienced godly sorrow, and as God intended, it brought about pain for you, not loss, so that no harm has been done by us. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. The sorrow of the world works death. Can't you see the good fruit that has come? As God intended, because of your remorse over sin, now you are eager to do what is right. Look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became. What a holy longing it awakened. What passion for God and how ready you were to bring justice to the offender. Your response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. So I wrote you not simply to correct the one who did the wrong or on the behalf of the one who was wrong, but to help you realize in God's sight how loyal you are to us. Your response leaves us so encouraged. You made us even more joyful upon hearing of how you refreshed Titus, for his mind was set at ease by all of you. I have not been embarrassed by you, for the things I bragged about you to Titus were not proven false, just as everything we said to you was true. So our boasting to Titus about you has proven to be true as well. His affection towards you has grown as he remembers your obedience and how warmly you welcome him with fear and trembling. I'm beside myself with joy. I am so confident in you. Let us give thanks to the Lord for the written word of God. Let us give thanks to God for our trials and tribulations. Let us give thanks to God for our victories in Christ Jesus. Let us thank God for the victory in the cross Thank God for scriptures like Psalm 103, 1 through 5. It is victorious because of Jesus Christ. We declare and choose and decree, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen and amen. Thank you again for coming to this reading of God's Word, the Bible. greetings and welcome to today's bible college let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence followed by the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you everyone again for coming in today, the 2nd of July. Today's reading is by Kenneth Copeland. Be unreasonably committed. Unreasonably committed. Proverbs 4, 7, and 9 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou embrace her. She shall give to thy head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall deliver to thee. Proverbs 4, 7 and 9. If you really want to get wisdom of God, you have to do more than casually read the scriptures a few minutes a day. You'll have to feed on them night and day. You'll have to get rid of the rubbish you've been feeding in your consciousness by reprogramming your mind with the Word of God. Oh, Brother Copeland, you may say, that's unreasonable. Yes, it is, but consider this. A music major in college practices for hours every day. An Olympic skater spends six to eight hours a day training for their routines. They do it because they're unreasonably committed to their goals. The same is true for us. If we're going to achieve that kind of spiritual excellence we're hungry for, we're going to have to be unreasonably committed to the Word of God. That may well mean that we'll have to carry a media player around with us everywhere we go. It will mean that we have to put the razor in one hand and the media player in the other hand. Or the phone in one hand and a fork in the other. Do whatever it takes to totally saturate yourself with the word of God. I would speak to you no differently if I were your commanding officer about to send you into combat against the best trained elite troops of a savage enemy. You are God's frontline assault force. You have an enemy who is doing his dead level best to destroy you. In this crucial all-out no holes bar offense, Satan will dispatch hell's choicest personnel to bring you down. If you're going to make it through in victory, you're going to have to put yourself in training, be unreasonably committed yet wisdom on Fernando. You know, uh, in the beginning, someone told me I was not going to make it unless I read six hours a day. And that's physically being, carrying the Word of God with you, carrying articles with you, munching on them when you can, munching on them while lunch and eating an apple, and being on the beam, being on the love force. You go to sleep in love with the Word of God. You wake up. The Word of God wakes you up. Amen and amen to that. Let's go ahead and do the reading for Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 to 33. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone just for the fun. Let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death. Think of the great things we'll get. Fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw in your lot with us. We'll all share the loot. My child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their path. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get someone or themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in public squares. She calls to the crowds along the main street for those gathered in front of the city gates. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they actually search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and choose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention. When I corrected them, therefore they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. Choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace. Untroubled by fear of harm. Wonderful, beautiful. Let's go ahead and read it again in a few other translations. Let's try the uh, Amplified Bible, the classic edition. It says, The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction, and discipline. My child, hear the instruction of your father. Reject not nor forsake the teaching of your mother. For they are a victor's chaplet, garland of grace upon your head, and chains and pendants of gold worn by kings for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, Come with us, let us lie in wait. To shed blood, let us ambush the innocent without cause and show that his piety is in vain. Let us swallow them up alive, as does shallow the place of the dead, and whole as those who go down into pit of the dead. We shall find and take all kinds of precious good when our victims are put out of the way. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us, they insist, and be a sworn brother and comrade. Let us have one person common. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Restrain your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make hasty shed blood. For in vain is the net spread in the sight of any bird. But when these men set a trap for others, they are lying in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy of gain, such Greed of, for plunder takes away the lives of its possessors. Wisdom c- cries out loud in the street. She raises her voice in the market. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love sim- being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing and self-confidence fools hate knowledge. If you will turn, repent, and give heed to my reproof, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my Spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called you, you have refused to answer. You have stretched out my hand, and no man has heeded it. And you treat it as nothing, and you treat it as nothing on my counsel, and would accept none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity, I will mock when the thing comes that shall cause you terror and panic. When your panic comes as a storm and desolation and your calamity comes on as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then you will call upon me wisdom, but I will not answer. They will seek me early and diligent, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the reverent and worshipful oh, fear of the Lord, would accept none of my counsel and despite all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be saturated with their own devices. For the backsliding of the simple shall slay them, and the careless ease of self-confidence fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens to me wisdom shall dwell securely in confident trust, and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. Beautiful, wonderful words of life. That was the Amplified Classic Edition. Let's go ahead and read it in a couple of more translations. Let's go ahead now and go to the Passion Translation. And then after that, I'm going to read it in, the, uh, in one more translation. After that. Here we go, the Passion Translation starting with verse 7. We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words and never forget your mother's instructions. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say, No! When the gang says, We're going to steal and kill and get away with it, we'll take down the rich and rob them. We'll swallow them up alive and take what we want from whomever we want. Then we'll take their treasures and fill our homes with loot. So come on and join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide up all we get. We'll each end up with a big bag of cash. My son refused to go with them and stay far away from them. For crime is their way of life and bloodshed their specialty. To be aware of their snare is the best way of escape. They'll resort to murder to steal their victims' assets. But eventually it will be their own lives that are ambushed. In their ungodly disrespect for God, they bring destruction on their own lives. Wisdom praises are sung in the streets and celebrated far and wide. Yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning. But in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, its lyrics can always be heard above the dim of the crowd. You will hear wisdom's warning as the preachers courageously to those who stop to listen. You will hear wisdom's warning as she preaches courageously to those who will stop to listen. Foolish ones, how much longer will you cling to your deception? How much longer will you mock wisdom? You cynical scorners, who fight the facts. Come back to your senses and be restored to reality. Don't even think about refusing my rebuke. Don't you know that I'm ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you and bring to you the revelation of my words that will make your heart wise. I call to you over and over. Still, you refuse to come to me. I pleaded with you again and again, yet you turned a deaf ear to my voice because you have laughed at my counsel and have insisted on continuing your own stubbornness. I will laugh when your calamity comes and will turn away from you at the time of your disaster. Make a joke of my advice with you, then I'll make a joke out of you. When the storm clouds of terror gather over you, your head, when dread and distress consume you, and your catastrophe comes like a hurricane, You will cry out to me, but I won't answer. Then it will be too late to expect my help. When desperation drives you to search for me, I will be nowhere to be found, because you have turned up your noses at me and closed your eyes to the fact and refused to worship me in awe. Because you scoffed at my wise counsel and laughed at my correction, now you will eat the bitter fruit of your own ways. You made your own bed, now lie in it. So, how do you like that? Like an idiot, you turned away from me and chosen destruction instead. Your self-satisfied smugness will kill you. But the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace. Free from fear, confident and courageous, the one will rest unafraid and sheltered From the storms of life. Amen and amen. Alright, now, I apologize if this is taking too long. I'm going to head and read for us. Now for the message translation. And that will be the last one. Thank you so much for coming on here today. We're, uh, We're really getting into the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 7 to 33. Verse 7. Start with God. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Pay close attention, friend, to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel like a winning crown, like rings on your fingers. Dear friends, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. If they say, Let's go out and raise some hell. Let's beat up some old man, mug some old woman. Let's pick them clean and get them ready for their funerals. We'll load up on top quality loot. We'll haul it home by the truckload. Join us for the time of your life. With us, it's share and share alike. Oh, dear friend, don't give them a second look. Don't listen to them for a minute. They're racing to a very bad end, hurrying to ruin everything they lay hands on. Nobody robs a bank with everyone watching. Yet, that's what these people are doing. They're doing themselves in when you grab all you can get. That's what happens. The more you get, the less you are. Lady Wisdom goes out in the streets and shouts at the town center. She makes her speech in the middle of the traffic. She takes her stand at the busiest corner. She calls out. Hey, simpletons, how long will you wallow in ignorance? Hey, cynics, how long will you feed your cynicism? Hey, idiots, how long will you refuse to learn? Above face... I can revise your life, really. Look, I'm ready to pour out my spirit on you. I'm ready to tell you all I know. As it is, I call, but you turn a deaf ear. I reached out to you, but you ignored me. Since you laughed at my counsel, how can I take you seriously? I'll turn the tables and jokes about your troubles. What if the roof falls in? And your whole life goes to pieces. What if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? You'll need me then. You'll call for me. But don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me. Because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God. Because you wouldn't take my advice and brush aside all my offers to train you. Well, you made your bed, now lie on it. You want it your own way. Now, how do you like it? Don't you see what happens, you simpletons, you idiots? Carelessness kills, complacency is murder. First, pay attention to me and then relax. Now you can take it easy. You're in good hands. Praise God, praise God for the many translations we have. Give it a different twist so it will go deep into our hearts and our consciousness. May we listen to this over and over again and understand what our true calling is to get our hours in, in reading and worshiping and praising God and have the benefits, the rewards of confidence, peace, joy, laughter, and living life in the fullest. When I'm well read in the Word of God, I live well and I deal well with people. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for making it in this matter that we got to open the Bible and reprogram ourselves. Thank you, Lord God, that we can and we are and we're doing it and you're showing yourself faithful on our behalf. Thank you for the rewards. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for helping us move forward. And help us to convert people, Lord God, to your kingdom, to you, Jesus, and to your word. We praise it, and we thank you, and we exalt it. Amen. Let's go ahead and move to July the 3rd reading. Hang on there. Hang tough with me, please. Today's reading by Kenny Copeland called God's Discipline. Hebrews 12, 6, and 7 says, for whom the Lord loves he chasteneth, and scourged every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons, for what son is he who the Father chasteth not? Let's go ahead and read it in a couple of more translations, please. The Passion Translation of Hebrews chapter twelve, verses six and seven. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of His faithful love. And when He draws you to Himself, it proves you are His delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For He is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? And now for the teaching. Kenny Copeland says, there's a terrible misunderstanding among believers today about God's method of disciplining his children. They'll point to some kind of disaster, a tornado or a car accident, and say, I guess God sent back a catastrophe to teach us something. No, he didn't. A loving God doesn't send death and destruction on his children to instruct them. He doesn't unleash his bad dog to bite us on the leg so we'll learn to wear our boots. No, he's a father. He does, how does then, he chaste his own. How does he discipline us? With his word, with his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, Every scripture of God breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction. Every scripture is God breath, profitable for instruction. For reproof and conviction of sin. For correction of error and discipline in obedience. And for training in righteousness. In holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and actions so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Amplified Bible. If you look in Second Corinthians 7, you'll see an example of this. There, the Apostle Paul talks about a situation in the Corinth church that needed correction. That church had gotten out of line and had to be disciplined. How did Pa do it? Not by asking God to send an earthquake to shake them up. He did it by writing them a letter. He wrote them a word of reproof that hurt so badly they would have preferred being beaten with a stick. It cut deep in their spirits and brought them to repentance. Our Heavenly Father loves us and because He does, He will chasten us. But he'll do it with spiritual, not fleshly tools. With spiritual tools, he'll use the spirit empowered in his word to chasten unbelief and purify our spirits in such a way that we will come out strong, not weak and condemned. So let us quit bowing down to disasters and start subjecting ourselves instead to the Word of God. Let us yield to the Word. Let let it correct us and trim away the flesh and the lust that leads us astray. Remember, the sword of the Spirit is two-edged. One side is for Satan and beat him on the head, and the other side is for you. Let God use it to keep you in line. Giving thanks to God to trials and tribulations keeps us close to God and in love. Let's go ahead and read 2 Corinthians chapter 7 in this full content. Mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians, there it is, chapters 7, the whole enchilada, here we go. Beloved ones, with promises like these and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit and continue to complete the development of holiness within us. Again, I urge you, make room for us in your hearts, for we have wronged no one, corrupted no one, and taken advantage of no one. I'm not saying that this to condemn you, for I already told you that we carry you permanently in our hearts and you'll stay there throughout our lives, for we will live together and die together with an open heart. Let me freely say how very proud I am of you and how often I boast about you. In fact, when I think of you, my heart is greatly encouraged and overwhelmed with joy despite our many troubles. Even after we came into the providence of Macedonia, we found no relief. We were restless and exhausted. Troubles met us at every turn. Outwardly, I faced conflicts and inwardly emotional turmoil. But God, who always knows how to encourage the depressed, encouraged us greatly by the arrival of Titus. We were relieved not only to see him, but because of the report he brought us of how you refreshed his heart. He told us of your affection toward me, your deep remorse, and how concerned you were for me. This truly made my heart leap for joy. Even if my letter made you sorrowful, I don't regret sending it Even though I felt awful for a moment when I heard how it grieved you, now I'm overjoyed. Not because I made you sad, but because your grief led you to a deep repentance. You experienced godly sorrow, and as God intended, it brought about pain for you, not loss, so that no harm has been done by us. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. The sorrow of the world works death. Can't you see the good fruit that has come? As God intended, because of your remorse over sin, now you are eager to do what is right. Look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became. What holy longing it awakened. What passion for God and how ready you were to bring justice to the offender. Your response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. So I wrote you not simply to correct the one who did the wrong, or on the behalf of the one who was wrong, but to help you realize in God's sight how loyal you are to us. Your response leaves us so encouraged. You made us even more joyful upon hearing of how you refreshed Titus, for his mind was set at ease by all of you. I have not been embarrassed by you, For the things I bragged about you to Titus were not proven false, just as everything we said to you was true. So our boasting to Titus about you has proven to be true as well. His affection towards you has grown as he remembers your obedience and how warmly you welcome him with fear and trembling. I'm beside myself with joy. I am so confident in you. Let us give thanks to the Lord for the written word of God. Let us give thanks to God for our trials and tribulations. Let us give thanks to God for our victories in Christ Jesus. Let us thank God for the victory in the cross. Thank God for scriptures like Psalm 103 1 through 5. It is victorious because of Jesus Christ. We declare and choose and decree, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth, with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen and amen. Thank you again for coming to today's reading of God's Word, the Bible. Greetings and welcome to today's Bible College. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence followed by the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, everyone, again for coming in today, the 2nd of July. Today's reading is by Kenneth Copeland. Be unreasonably committed. Unreasonably committed. Proverbs 4, 7, and 9 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall deliver to thee. Proverbs 4, 7 and 9. If you really want to get wisdom of God, you have to do more than casually read the scriptures a few minutes a day. You'll have to feed on them night and day. You'll have to get rid of the rubbish you've been feeding in your consciousness by reprogramming your mind With the Word of God. Oh, Brother Copeland, you may say, that's unreasonable. Yes, it is, but consider this a music major in college practices for hours every day. An Olympic skater spends six to eight hours a day training for their routines. They do it because they're unreasonably committed to their goals. The same is true for us. If we're going to achieve that kind of spiritual excellence we're hungry for, We're going to have to be unreasonably committed to the Word of God. That may well mean that we'll have to carry a media player around with us everywhere we go. It will mean that we have to put the razor in one hand and the media player in the other hand. Or the phone in one hand and a fork in the other. Do whatever it takes to totally saturate yourself with the Word of God. I would speak to you no differently if I were your commanding officer about to send you into combat against the best trained elite troops of a savage enemy. You are God's frontline assault force. You have an enemy who is doing his dead level best to destroy you. In this crucial all out, no holes bar offense, Satan will dispatch hell's choices, personnel to bring you down. If you're going to make it through in victory, you're going to have to put yourself in training. Be unreasonably committed, yet wisdom. On Fernando, you know, uh, in the beginning, someone told me I was not going to make it unless I read six hours a day. And that's physically being, carrying the Word of God with you, carrying articles with you, munching on them when you can, munching on them while lunch and eating an apple, and being on the beam, being on the love force. You go to sleep in love with the Word of God, you wake up, the Word of God wakes you up. Amen and amen to that. Let's go ahead and do the reading for Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 to 33. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us let's hide and kill someone just for the fun let's ambush the innocent let's swallow them alive like the grave let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death think of the great things we'll get fill our houses with all the stuff we take come throw in your lot with us we'll all share the loot my child don't go along with them stay far away from their path They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get someone or themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Wisdom shouts in the street. She cries out in public squares. She calls to the crowds along the main street. For those gathered in front of the city gates. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and choose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention. When I corrected them, therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm." Wonderful, beautiful. Let's go ahead and read it again in a few other translations. Let's try the uh, Amplified Bible, the classic edition. It says, The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge. Its starting point and its essence. But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction, and discipline. My child. Hear the instruction of your father, reject not nor forsake the teaching of your mother, for they are a victor's chaplet, garland of grace upon your head, and chains and pendants of gold worn by kings for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood, let us ambush the innocent without cause, and show that his piety is in vain. Let us swallow them up alive, as does shallow the place of the dead, and whole as those who go down into pit of the dead. We shall find and take all kinds of precious good when our victims are put out of the way. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us, they insist, and be a sworn brother and comrade. Let us have one person common, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Restrain your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make hasty shed blood. For in vain is the net spread in the sight of any bird. But when these men set a trap for others, they are lying in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy of gain. Such greed for plunder takes away the lives of its possessors. Wisdom cries out loud in the street. She raises her voice in the market. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places at the entrance of the city gates. She speaks. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing and self-confidence fools hate knowledge. If you will turn, repent, and give heed to my reproof, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called you, you have refused to answer. You have stretched out my hand, and no man has heeded it. And you treat it as nothing, and you treat it as nothing, all my counsel, and would accept none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when the thing comes that shall cause you terror and panic. When your panic comes as a storm and desolation, and your calamity comes as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then you will call upon me, wisdom, but I will not answer. They will seek me early and diligent, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord would accept none of my counsel and despite all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be saturated with their own devices. For the backsliding of the simple shall slay them, and the careless ease of self-confidence fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens to me wisdom shall dwell securely in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. Beautiful, wonderful words of life. That was the Amplified Classic Edition. Let's go ahead and read it in a couple of more translations. Let's go ahead now and go to the Passion Translation. And then after that, I'm going to read it in, the, uh, in one more translation. After Here we go, the Passion Translation starting with verse 7. We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instructions. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say, No! When the gang says, We're going to steal and kill and get away with it, we'll take down the rich and rob them. We'll swallow them up alive and take what we want from whomever we want. Then we'll take their treasures and fill our homes with loot. So come on and join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide up all we get. We'll each end up with a big bags of cash. My son refused to go with them and stay far away from them. For crime is their way of life and bloodshed their specialty. To be aware of their snare is the best way of escape. They'll resort to murder to steal their victims' assets. But eventually it will be their own lives that are ambushed. In their ungodly disrespect for God, they bring destruction on their own lives. Wisdom praises are sung in the streets and celebrated far and wide. Yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning. But in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, its lyrics can always be heard above the dim of the crowd. You will hear wisdom's warning as the preachers courageously to those who stop to listen. You will hear wisdom's warning as she preaches courageously to those who will stop to listen. Foolish ones, how much longer will you cling to your deception? How much longer will you mock wisdom? You cynical scorners, who fight the facts. Come back to your senses and be restored to reality. Don't even think about refusing my rebuke. Don't you know that I'm ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you and bring to you the revelation of my words that will make your heart wise. I call to you over and over. Still, you refuse to come to me. I pleaded with you again and again, yet you turned a deaf ear to my voice. Because you have laughed at my counsel and have insisted on continuing your own stubbornness, I will laugh when your calamity comes and will turn away from you at the time of your disaster. Make a joke of my advice with you, then I'll make a joke out of you. When the storm clouds of terror gather over you, your head, when dread and distress consume you and your catastrophe comes like a hurricane, You will cry out to me, but I won't answer. Then it will be too late to expect my help. When desperation drives you to search for me, I will be nowhere to be found, because you have turned up your noses at me and closed your eyes to the fact and refused to worship me in awe. Because you scoffed at my wise counsel and laughed at my correction, now you will eat the bitter fruit of your own ways. You made your own bed, now lie in it. So, how do you like that? Like an idiot, you turned away from me and chosen destruction instead. Your self-satisfied smugness will kill you. But the one who always listened to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace. Free from fear, confident and courageous, the one will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. Amen and amen. Alright, now, I apologize if this is taking too long. I'm going to head and reef for us. Now from the message translation. And that will be the last one. Thank you so much for coming on here today. We're, uh, we're really getting into the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 7 to 33. Verse 7. Start with God. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Pay close attention, friend, to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel like a winning crown, like rings on your fingers. Dear friends, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. If they say, Let's go out and raise some hell. Let's beat up some old man, mug some old woman. Let's pick them clean and get them ready for their funerals. We'll load up on top quality loot. We'll haul it home by the truckload. Join us for the time of your life. With us, it's share and share alike. Oh, dear friend, don't give them a second look. Don't listen to them for a minute. They're racing to a very bad end, hurrying to ruin everything they lay hands on. Nobody robs a bank with everyone watching. Yet, that's what these people are doing. They're doing themselves in when you grab all you can get. That's what happens. The more you get, the less you are. Lady Wisdom goes out in the streets and shouts at the town center. She makes her speech in the middle of the traffic. She takes her stand at the busiest corner. She calls out, Hey, simpletons, how long will you wallow in ignorance? Hey, cynics, how long will you feed your cynicism? Hey, idiots, how long will you refuse to learn? Above face, I can revise your life, really. Look, I'm ready to pour out my spirit on you. I'm ready to tell you all I know. As it is, I call, but you turn a deaf ear. I reached out to you, but you ignored me. Since you laughed at my counsel, how can I take you seriously? I'll turn the tables and jokes about your troubles. What if the roof falls in? And your whole life goes to pieces. What if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? You'll need me then. You'll call for me. But don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me. Because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God. Because you wouldn't take my advice and brush aside all my offers to train you. Well, you made your bed, now lie on it. You want it your own way. Now, how do you like it? Don't you see what happens, you simpletons, you idiots? Carelessness kills, complacency is murder. First, pay attention to me and then relax. Now you can take it easy. You're in good hands. Praise God, praise God for the many translations we have. Give it a different twist so it will go deep into our hearts and our consciousness. May we listen to this over and over again and understand what our true calling is to get our hours in, in reading and worshiping and praising God and have the benefits, the rewards of confidence, peace, joy, laughter, and living life in the fullest. When I'm well read in the Word of God, I live well and I deal well with people. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for making it in this matter that we got to open the Bible and reprogram ourselves. Thank you, Lord God, that we can and we are and we're doing it and you're showing yourself faithful on our behalf. Thank you for the rewards. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for helping us move forward. And help us to convert people, Lord God, to your kingdom, to you, Jesus, and to your word. We praise it, and we thank you, and we exalt it. Amen. Let's go ahead and move to July the 3rd reading. Hang on there. Hang tough with me, please. Today's reading by Kenny Copeland called God's Discipline. Hebrews 12, 6, and 7 says, for whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth, and scourge every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he who the Father chasteth not? Let's go ahead and read it in a couple of more translations, please. The Passion Translation of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of His faithful love. And when He draws you to Himself, it proves you are His delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For He is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? And now for the teaching. Kenny Copeland says, there's a terrible misunderstanding among believers today about God's method of disciplining his children. They'll point to some kind of disaster, a tornado or a car accident, and say, I guess God sent back catastrophe to teach us something. No, he didn't. A loving God doesn't send death and destruction on his children to instruct them. He doesn't unleash his bad dog to bite us on the leg so we'll learn to wear our boots. No, he's a father. He does, how does then, he chaste his own? How does he discipline us? With his word, with his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, Every scripture of God breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction. Every scripture is God breath, profitable for instruction. For reproof and conviction of sin. For correction of error and discipline in obedience. And for training in righteousness. In holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and actions so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Amplified Bible. If you look in Second Corinthians 7, you'll see an example of this. There, the Apostle Paul talks about a situation in the Corinth church that needed correction. That church had gotten out of line and had to be disciplined. How did Pa do it? Not by asking God to send an earthquake to shake them up. He did it by writing them a letter. He wrote them a word of reproof that hurt so badly they would have preferred being beaten with a stick. It cut deep in their spirits and brought them to repentance. Our Heavenly Father loves us, and because He does, He will chasten us, but He'll do it with spiritual, not fleshly tools. With spiritual tools, he'll use the spirit empowered in his word to chasten unbelief and purify our spirits in such a way that we'll come out strong, not weak, and condemned. So let us quit bowing down to disasters and start subjecting ourselves instead to the word of God. Let us yield to the word. Let let it correct us and trim away the flesh and the lust that leads us astray. Remember, the sword of the Spirit is two-edged. One side is for Satan and beat him on the head, and the other side is for you. Let God use it to keep you in line. Giving thanks to God to trials and tribulations keeps us close to God and in love. Let's go ahead and read 2 Corinthians chapter 7 in this full content. Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians, there it is. Chapters 7. The whole enchilada. Here we go. Beloved ones. With promises like these, and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit and continue to complete the development of holiness within us. Again, I urge you, make room for us in your hearts, for we have wronged no one, corrupted no one, and taken advantage of no one. I'm not saying that this is to condemn you, For I already told you that we carry you permanently in our hearts and you'll stay there throughout our lives. For we will live together and die together with an open heart. Let me freely say how very proud I am of you and how often I boast about you. In fact, when I think of you, my heart is greatly encouraged and overwhelmed with joy despite our many troubles. Even after we came into the providence of Macedonia, we found no relief. We were restless and exhausted. Troubles met us at every turn. Outwardly, I faced conflicts and inwardly emotional turmoil. But God, who always knows how to encourage the depressed, encouraged us greatly by the arrival of Titus. We were relieved not only to see him, but because of the report he brought us of how you refresh his heart. He told us of your affection toward me, your deep remorse, and how concerned you were for me. This truly made my heart leap for joy. Even if my letter made you sorrowful, I don't regret sending it, even though I felt awful for a moment when I heard how It grieved you. Now I'm overjoyed, not because I made you sad, but because your grief led you to a deep repentance. You experienced godly sorrow, and as God intended, it brought about pain for you, not loss, so that no harm has been done by us. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. The sorrow of the world works death. Can't you see the good fruit that has come? As God intended, because of your remorse over sin, now you are eager to do what is right. Look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became. What holy longing it awakened. What passion for God and how ready you were to bring justice to the offender. Your response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. So I wrote you not simply to correct the one who did the wrong or on the behalf of the one who was wrong, but to help you realize in God's sight how loyal you are to us. Your response leaves us so encouraged. You made us even more joyful upon hearing of how you refreshed Titus, for his mind was set at ease by all of you. I have not been embarrassed by you, for the things I bragged about you to Titus were not proven false, just as everything we said to you was true. So our boasting to Titus about you has proven to be true as well. His affection towards you has grown as he remembers your obedience and how warmly you welcome him with fear and trembling. I'm beside myself with joy. I am so confident in you. Let us give thanks to the Lord for the written word of God. Let us give thanks to God for our trials and tribulations. Let us give thanks to God for our victories in Christ Jesus. Let us thank God for the victory in the cross Thank God for scriptures like Psalm 103, 1 through 5. It is victorious because of Jesus Christ. We declare and choose and decree, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen and amen. Thank you again for coming to this reading of God's Word, the Bible.